Hello and welcome to Hmm Interesting Choice on the Radio for Scotland Network. Today we investigate one of the most serious mental disorders in the entire world wrestling federation. That's right, second only to WrestleFrenia, today it is WWF Wrestlemania. Featuring our first American guest, stand-up comedian Mike Lawrence. Let's get ready to rumble guys. Why did you recommend this album? Had you heard it before or anything? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I listened to this um, when I used to uh, go to the library. You know, the, the great thing about libraries, and we are in one right now. Indeed. In, in, in Edinburgh. Uh, well, they're dying a horrible death in the States, <laughs> and they will not be around. Here, for, too. Oh, good. As long as, yeah. <laughs> Goddamn internet. No. But So what, what's, what's happening is, you know, I... I feel like in the in, in, in back back in the day, let's let's all sound old and, and afraid of change. <laughs> you you would go to the library, and it was just the library is just this weird friend who'd be like, "Yeah, take whatever you want," and he had the coolest collection of weird shit. And the library would just have all these CDs, and and so I saw this WrestleMania the album. I'm a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. And when I saw in the back, produced by Simon Cowell, <laughs> now that fascinated me. I mean. When was this? Wait, what yeah. age were you? This were you was, a big Simon Cowell fan from the start? Uh, I was about um, say I was a I was in college when when I listened to this for the first time. I want to say somewhere between like nineteen and twenty one, but I would just love it on American Idol or or just Idol uh, mm. in another you know <laughs> on uh, Turncoat Idol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, but but it's interesting. Like I would love it if a contestant was being judged and yeah and someone mm. brought up that album would be the best oh oh you don't you don't think i i sang this whitney houston song well yeah you know what you did wrestlemania the album you 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 produced a tatanka song that's what you think is good it, yeah it, it would be great if a contestant came on and what song are you going to sing today oh i'm going to sing hacksaw jim duggan yeah. usa yeah. so so I guess like we should just kind of dive into this. It's it's an interesting yeah album where they they realize they're like we want we want wrestlers on the album, but they can't sing. No, they're not musicians. They're not. No, and they, they can't, can wrestle professionally. Act a little bit maybe. They can't Perhaps. even rap. Uh, there is there well, is. I a, did hear rapping on this. Song. There's a lot of bad rap. But, there bad rapping. but there isn't really. It's mostly like spoken word. And that, to me, is what's amazing about it, is that the farthest thing from wrestling to me is, like, slam poetry. <laughs> Body slam poetry, I guess, <laughs> is, is what, what genre of music this is. The people who wrote this album, I did some research, and it's Stock, mm. Aiken, and Waterman, if you're aware yeah. of them. They're the people who wrote, like, Kylie Minogue and basically any 80s pop star they ha- i think they have some sort of record for number ones in the uk yeah. they're just like churn out hits basically and uh, it's got pete warm pete, pete waterman, waterman, the waterman yeah. in it, who's in pop was he in pop idol or one Something of those like he was in one yeah. of our uk shows as well basically this is the kind of music that the uk just lapped up basically mm. for years did they do like all the rick astley stuff too yeah he that? did rick yeah. astley um, um, yeah. i'm never going to give you up <laughs> yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah. I heard I was a wrestling fan when I was a kid. I mm. knew this first track. I knew the chorus. Well, that that's... brought that flashback for me. When I first, when the fir- literally the first couple of lyrics come out of this first song, I think this is quite dated. 
and then they actually date it by saying, yeah, this is 93. They say 93 a bunch of times. That's going to date yeah. your music if you explicitly date the music. They haven't thought yeah. that far ahead. I was surprised by how how difficult it seemed for Randy Savage to talk. I remember seeing this, and I can't remember him being that gruff and, and, and caveman-like. He, he came out with an album uh, oh, yeah. later, like a rap album. Where did he? He, yeah. he did a diss track on Hulk Hogan called Dish. Be A Man. <laughs> the whole album, I believe, was called Be A Man. Yes, it was. It was named after that oh, diss track. God. And there's a song called Perfect Friend about yeah. Mr. Perfect, who I think has the best track on this I love album. Mr. Perfect's track. And he had one of the best theme songs ever. It's like epic, like yeah. It's I'm, like space, 2001: A Space Odyssey or something. Yeah. I'm getting married next month, and I really oh, congratulations. Uh, thanks. I really wanted <laughs> to come down to Mr. Perfect's theme song. <laughs> I thought that would be. It's like the most epic. <laughs> it literally is just. They play some kind of music. Uh, pretty much on repeat. There's oh, yeah. like about a minute worth of music in that three and a half minute track. Just the yeah. cheapest, cheesiest yeah. music. The first afterthoughts of music. The second you hit the first chorus, you've heard everything you're going to hear on the mm. song. It just repeats that. And then it's just the dude, yeah, just talking. Like they just talk the whole time, saying their catchphrases and stuff. Yeah, which is like, it's a, here, here's what another fascinating thing about this is that the Undertaker. Is a guy mm. that's been in character for for years. Yeah, like he rarely. Now he's starting to do it, like where he'll do like you know, backstage interviews and behind the scenes kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for years, like he was the guy that when Eddie Benoit, I mean, I'm sorry, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit <laughs> and Owen Hart died. You know, um, well, two out of three of them died. One of them did every horrible thing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> They all had tribute episodes, and he refused to speak on the behalf of, of those guys because he thought that was breaking character, which, <laughs> to me, you're the dead man. That's the most in-character <laughs> thing. He should just come in and fucking take their caskets at the end. But but what's fascinating is he was like, I won't do this. But this album he was okay with. This, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because then you just have to imagine... That Undertaker showed up to a recording studio <laughs> and full like, garb, full dress, yeah, with the pallbearer, of course. Is this mic on? <laughs> no, it's dead. <laughs> There's nothing I love more than a dead mic. <laughs> Let's go on to that track quickly because I just want to play that intro to the track because it starts okay. out like it's going to be. A bit of a rock and roll song. I literally and was wondering if you were gonna play the music or if you legally couldn't. Or oh, we can we can play it legally. I think. If you yeah, think no we're not playing this, this music, no. <laughs> <laughs> no Love if the Johnny Cash song just started playing. The or the Will Smith movie. So you think you're gonna enter some kind of Metallica-inspired rock? Oh, it becomes like a Michael Jackson federation. When does that organ come in? Can you fast forward? Is it like two? Oh, there it is. I kind of love it though. It, it sounds like music from a Castlevania game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All of this album sounds a lot like a video game. It's like a spooky organ. A very this, spooky organ. Just think of all the times Simon Cowell has said absolute rubbish and 
He put his name on there. And he's like, man, turn that organ up. You're going to want the organ on the track. No, I wanted to go a bleep, bleep, bloop, bleep, bleep, bloop, a bleep, 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 bleep. That's a hit. That is how he does production. He stands in front of musicians. Excuse me. I'm going to come on a Filipino girl's face while looking ambiguously gay. Should we go through a track by track? Let's go. Yeah, let's go through track by track. Let's go back to WrestleMania. No. I'm saving it until you play my favorite track on this album by I'm, far. I'm intrigued what it's going to be because I've got a favorite track too. We can jump straight to it. Bret Hart, <laughs> never been a right time to say goodbye. Let's get into this one a little bit because this, this one I've played to other people. Yeah. This is hilarious that this is even on this album, I think. And I know we've been through this, is, this is like an autistic man has wrote it and tried right to deliver it line by goodbye. line. A bit like a Lou Reed song. There's no emotion in it. Stay, she only see right through me. <laughs> and and it's really fitting because when you eyes. think of all the people in this guy's life who have died prematurely, and you realize like it's about Owen. He knew it was gonna happen six years before. There's never been a right time to say goodbye to your fallen brother. He's used his telepathic time-sensing abilities to write this song. But this is... Uh, can we pause that? Yeah. Th- this is a ballad? I have no idea why they decided to put a ballad on oh, this album. Because it's Brett heartbreaking. That's <laughs> he's why. A, he's the heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, can we get this chorus? It, the chorus is amazing, though. It's one of the only songs that seems like it could have been wrote for somebody who isn't a wrestler. All the other ones just have the wrestling samples in them. But this fits in with like the Kylie Minogue and Rick yeah. Astley stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I know lies that sounds to it's me... It's genuinely catchy. It has a catchy chorus. That, that sounds to me like an 80s TV theme song though. Like <laughs> yeah. a sitcom. But like a sitcom about leaving your wife or something. <laughs> His wife is on the run. And he's got a gun. Now that bitch is gonna die. <laughs> Never be a writer. Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. To say goodbye. A very emotional. But I love it because, like, the, the thing is, like, he, he was one of the worst people ever on the microphone in, in wrestling. Like, he was a dude that was so nervous that. I mean, he even he's admitted like he would wear the sunglasses at the beginning. He had those big Bret Hart sunglasses, and he would wear them because he didn't want anyone to see like how nervous and twitchy his eyes were. Ah, he's stage fright. Mm. Yeah, and also cocaine. Mm. But like, <laughs> but what, 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 what's so fascinating is that he commits more than anyone else on this album. Mm-hmm. All the other guys just talk about like how great they are and and stuff, mm. and he's like. I want a narrative. Yeah, this is a I very would, earnest song. Yeah, Everyone else is yeah. doing like we caricature. Oh, I'm the Undertaker. Oh. And and what's really fascinating is that like he cheated on his wife so much, and she left him, and like, and I I think that was after this, but it's still like there's some real shit going on mm. here. Well, he had to cheat on her because he didn't find the right time to say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to see. I just want to play this specific part of the song, The Nasty Boys Stomp. I like tell, this. Tell me if this part of this song reminds you of anything else at all. I'm, I'm going to say that you guys like the uh, Nasty Boys song <laughs> a lot because the Nasty Boys look like half the women in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> We're sexually attracted to the Nasty Boys. Yeah. 
Inspector Gadget? Inspector Gadget. Okay. That melody is the Inspector Gadget melody. That's what I love about this. Did you notice, like, the Nasty Boys haven't even talked yet? They just played Gorilla Monsoon talking about yeah. them? They, it's not their song. It's more a song about them, I think. They come in what time, right? They come in about 30 seconds. You skip yeah, to there. Yeah, let's go back to there. But there is no replay value, really, in this album. Oh, no. I don't think I could listen. Well, there's some songs. 93. Right? 93. <laughs> Literally dating the song. They're going to take you to Nastyville. I want to know about Nastyville. Nastyville, USA. Well, there's a presumption it's in USA. I mean, you know, they... They tried to get as close to Nasty Boys by Janet Jackson as they could <laughs> without getting sued. Also, Simon Cowell, Mr. Nasty. Mm-hmm. Oh, he could have been the Nasty Triplets. Mm. They, could have, they could have been on Paul Pilot. That could have been one of his groups. That would the have been Nasty the greatest. Or what about him managing them and he has like the bespeckled t-shirt and everybody. It <laughs> always had like spray paint on it. And the mullet, of course. That's so what I love. Like they the were the nasty boys. They would come out with yeah these like shirts that look like you bought them at the make your own T-shirt store. They look like someone like jizzed a spirograph onto them. But they were amazing because they were so like well detailed. They always had the same one. I was like, that's there's nothing nasty about that. You pre-bought those. <laughs> They are one of the least nasty people in the World Wrestling Federation. They haven't murdered anybody. Mm. They haven't went on any rampages. They're actually just still alive. I don't think you call a murderer nasty. That <laughs> seems a bit... Uh, that's not strong enough. It's perhaps not the strongest Adjective. Term. I mean, that is the thing, is that if you are a tag team from 1993 and both your members are alive... You did pretty well. You now did watch, pretty well. This, this episode will come out and one of them will be dead. <laughs> and Actually, that'll make three and a half wrestlers on this album. If we're lucky, only one of them will be dead. And Likely is, all of them. We wouldn't even know how to eulogize them because there's never been a right time to say goodbye. <laughs> I, don't, nice. I don't think there is a right time to say goodbye to Bret Hart. Can we skip to track two and like play it for about 40 seconds just to hear, I think, a bunch track of wrestlers. Summer Slam Jam. Summer Slam Jam. Because there's and a bunch of wrestlers here. And the first album is like WrestleMania Jam, right? Mm. Yeah, they're about the exact same song. I mean, first they just track. change oh, yeah. the actual yeah. event. Yeah, that's the thing. This is the most like soulless thing. Yeah. There is no love or heart. It's the most overproduced. There's Bret Hart. Yes. But no heart. What time did you want? But uh, not Dude Love. <laughs> dude Love and Bret Hart. Dude Love. Bit like Space Jam for wrestling. On me. The thing is, like, you could imagine a really fat guy dancing to all these songs. Oh, yeah. Uncomfortably. Yeah. And by fat guy, I mean wrestling fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let, let's go to Randy Savage's track, Speaking From The Heart. Now, this is my favorite track, guys. This is my favorite track. 
Randy Savage just the living embodiment of doing coke in the 80s, basically. And that the, song... The dying embodiment. <laughs> he's not the living embodiment. He's incomprehensible in this song, though. Listen to the things he says. Skip skip ahead to, like, one minute. He, he, he starts saying some... So all the wrestlers are saying the random phrases and things. But he starts coming out with... A speech, basically. <laughs> Can you skip ahead to that? One minute. One minute. But they all just do speeches. Listen to this bit right after this. It doesn't really matter because we're all in it together and I want to help you find the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> what is he actually really talking about? It sounds you, like you see what he's talking about is yeah. that sometimes you're in the tunnel and you need a Slim Jim to get you out. <laughs> I was the star of Spider-Man. <laughs> he says that in his rap album. <laughs> He talks about how Hulk Hogan's movie career was a joke and that he was the star of Spider-Man. Oh, my God. Bones I want to hear, hear that album now. He gets your heart a-pumping. He gets the party jumping. Right, one last clip from this song at 1.45. And he died of a heart attack. And he died of a heart attack. <laughs> he, gets a, he gets your heart a-stopping. <laughs> pumping too fast to regulate. Yeah. yeah. Start seeing miscellaneous phrases like dig it, and that's where it starts. From the heart. This is the one album that I believe was recorded in one take. I can, I can believe they recorded that. This is right here. This is the way it is. I want to be there with you when it happens. <laughs> he wants to be there when it happens. Why were us? Pause that. So that was Dig It, Freak Out, Ooh Yeah, This Is The Way It Is, and I Will Be There With You When It Happens, and then the past, the present, and the future, all at one time, all gonna climb up that mountain, and we are together forever, oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's he talking about? Well, Elizabeth uh, left him around this time. Well, he was going off the rails. Yeah, uh, it wasn't, wasn't good for him. He, um, so he was still wrestling in 93, and... Uh, McMahon um, wanted to have him be more of like a commentator and all that and, mm -hmm. and he was like really sad about it and, and that's why he went to WCW because he's Is that why he's just... trying to do some commentary and speeches on this track? <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. It sounds like he's he... trying to become a cult leader or something well, he, the stuff he he's saying. he wanted to keep doing the thing in the ring as he stated earlier. <laughs> but later on the track he just starts naming planets yeah. as well. I, I don't understand. Moon, stars, about. Saturn, yeah. Venus, Pluto. Covered them all. Oh, he's insane. He, you know, he's like an amazing guy because so many, like, and there's like one or two interviews with him, you know, like, you know, out of character, but not much. And mm. it, it kind of adds to his mystique. How does he talk out yeah. of character? Does he talk right? I, I like mean, he he's got a similar voice, yeah. Right. Mm. Just more low key. Hey, he's good. Is he still a macho man? Oh, yes. I would expect nonetheless from him. I mean, he, he makes you glad the village people existed. Yeah. Can we play from the start Tatanka? Because what, I, I I can defend the music in this. Looking at this dial Tatanka Native American, I'm just guessing it's going to be so politically incorrect and <laughs> yeah. racist. And it just delivers on that promise. 
And when you when you imagine this album was two years after like Nirvana made it big, yeah. it's like so. I'd like to see like WrestleMania, the grunge album. That would have been better. I'm sure Nirvana would have been up for it. So ready to go like the American War, Native American War Whip thing. Buffalo. I'm just surprised they didn't have them say how. That's the one thing they missed, I think. Yeah. So they start adding that caveat because this is later going to modulate into. I'll go ahead to it. What caveat seems. The world Listen to the background here. He's got Native American blood in his veins and he'll fight. And then they feel, wait, they have to, they have to caveat that because they don't want to come across as racist, hmm. saying that Native Americans or just talk want about to fight. Native American blood. Yes, quite graphic. So they have to caveat that he wants to fight in the World Wrestling Federation. He's not just fighting anyone. Yeah. All of his brains. <laughs> so racist. So racist. <laughs> but I think he is Native American, so I think he's allowed to oh, do that. he's allowed it. to do that because he's got one Native American. Yeah. He's Latino. Is he? Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that your favorite track, John? Musically. Yes. Musically? Musically. Tell me mu- why got musically a good that's good. Got a good Are you kid- Tell me why you're listening to this musically. <laughs> Is, it like, is this the one with the cowbell? I don't think it is. I'm it's got sure so what, The cowbell was made from real cow. We use, <laughs> they every, use every part of the cow, <laughs> including the bell. The, bell, the, the ribs horns. for a xylophone. The cowbell <laughs> was made from cowbells. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. You think you said your Randy Savage was your favorite one, but you also said mm. Mr. Perfect. You're quite a big fan. Mr. Of. Perfect was Mike's, I think, wasn't it? Mm. No, no, uh, Bret Hart was oh, Bret Hart. Hart. No, I, I like think Mr. Mr. Perfect's, Perfect's theme is amazing. Mr. Perfect's, let's jump into Mr. Perfect's theme, because obviously it's one of the only things you'll recognize going into this album. It's when, so epic. When the drums and synths start, think about what song that makes, yeah. what song that sounds like. So when you were talking about doing this for your wedding, do you imagine having large screens showing your video as you enter the Coming wedding? out with the towel and then throwing yeah. up the gum, and oh my god, yeah, it's amazing. And you would need the manager. Perhaps. That's your best man. Of course. Giving a ring in the ring. Perfect so far, and now you go. What's that xylophone? That's a wee nice glockenspiel, I believe. Glockenspiel. Spiel steel. Perfect. This is the bit I think sounds like Beverly Hills Cop. I'll see that. Oh uh, yeah. What you're looking at right here is Mr. Why is he laughing? It doesn't get any He's better perfect. than this. Bottom line. He's just laughing at the idea. He knew how dumb this was. He's the fucking <laughs> smartest guy in the room. He's 100% up for us. Laughing as he gets the paycheck. The only thing I really don't have a lot to say about. Actually, before we go on. Can I just go back to Hacksaw Jim Dawkins? Oh, we missed We kind of just that. went straight yeah. past that. And also, this album like predates Hodor in the uh, annoying say your name over and over again genre. Also, Pokemon. Jim Doggin was the original Hodor and Pokemon. This is the USA song. Like this. this is such a strange choice. Like, everything else is kind of benign pop. Oh, wait, like hold on. Trance. This is him getting over his nerves. 
lacing up your boots and you kind of thinking, geez, backstage is nervous. Wrestling today is going to be awful tough. You know he's over in the other dressing room. He's big, he's young, and he's strong, and he wants to make his name beat up old hacksaw. So sometimes I do get a little apprehensive. But then right before I go through the curtain, I got the American flag. Yes, Conquers beers with the American. As when he goes, he's big, he's young, he's strong. <laughs> I want a piece of that. Uh, <laughs> put it in my mouth. He wants a piece of Mr. Perfect. Put that two by four in my mouth, and I'll tell you what freedom tastes like. So, what do you, what do you, what do you guys like? You know, living living in a, in another country and all that. When you see like characters like this, huh? are you do, you? do you just think like fucking Americans? Well, did you not see Rowdy Roddy Piper? <laughs> That's how we feel about him. <laughs> Um, he embodies the largest stereotype, so it's fun to laugh at. But he's not even from Scotland. Oh no, he's Canadian, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah. He's from Winnipeg. Mm. He can genuinely play the bagpipes, but like, oh. I think most people see him as like a stereotype as well. Like mm. he's not like. I don't think people are saying that's what Americans. I'm are sure like. there are people like that in America, but I don't think it's everyone in America is. Yeah. But there are, but it's like American flags. I get so uncomfortable seeing like people like that are like, you know, mm. and just want to suplex them. I mean, but it's, I mean, we all have our weird patriotism. Like it's it's so odd to me that like here, like the money has someone who's alive on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're we're proud of our country as well, but we're. It's embarrassing to admit that mm. we will just say, yeah, Britain's a bit shit. That's, yeah. that's her thing. British people in general are just very cynical about things. They don't have a lot of pride in anything. And Scottish people even yeah. more so. Yeah. If you just keep drilling down and we're from Glasgow, even <laughs> more so. It's the most cynical. Yeah. Yeah. So we just can't imagine someone being like, I wear the saltire over my back. And that I type feel of person like doesn't exist people. in Scotland. No. This was interesting. Like I, I performed in in Glasgow last night, and I started talking about Edinburgh and the Fringe, and they they just hated it. They didn't want any oh, of it. And there's like, a whole east side west side thing between yeah. Glasgow and Edinburgh. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I live in a place with like 50 different states, and they all hate each other. And it's mm. like I can't learn new hate, which <laughs> which I know is very old hate. Mm. Why do they hate each other? Because they're the closest city geographically. That's why yeah. we hate Edinburgh. Every city hates the other city that's nearby. Mm. And that just goes double for Edinburgh. Edinburgh! Mm. A lot of people in Glasgow will say that Edinburgh's more of a touristy place. And Glasgow's more of an authentic, real Scotsman. Mm. It's a very phallus argument. That's Which is, it's kind of it's perfect that, like... The sport of the the country is you know I I, I hate I hate saying soccer because I know that pisses people off, wow. but I feel inauthentic saying football. Mm. I feel pandery because that's not what I say. But so soccer like it's funny like it's perfect because a game that ends in a zero zero draw often is kind of the perfect sport for a country where towns have hated each other for hundreds of years and nothing's ever going to get better. Mm. Nobody wins. Yeah. <laughs> there's no winners from the eight. Because yeah, they, they enjoy misery, and there's nothing more miserable than sitting through 90 minutes yeah. of no goals, no action. Yeah. So they like that. And what you might think is because Glasgow people don't like Edinburgh people, and Edinburgh people don't like Glasgow people, that our big rivalry would be the sports team, but it's not. 
It's actually the biggest rivalry in maybe all of Europe is two teams in Glasgow. That's a good point, actually. Which are right beside each other, mm. Celtic and Rangers. It's, it's one of the biggest European rivalries. And that's f- football. That's, yeah, that's yeah, two that's, football teams in the football. one city, Glasgow, yeah. and that's the big rivalry. Yeah, I haven't really thought about it like that. And mm. Edinburgh has two teams <laughs> and their rivals. also hate each other. They're in the same yeah, city. Why would they... <laughs> Well, Glas- Celtic and Rangers, there's religious reasons there for that that we're all going to go into. They're trying to win their father's love. Oh, That's why. Right. You know, no, we're the best. That's They're all the... any conflict is. That's what all trying yeah. athletics are about. Winning gold medals, but more importantly... Winning their father's love. Yeah. yeah. And that seems to be what most Edinburgh shows are about. <laughs> <laughs> Come see mine, winning your father's love. <laughs> ah, and your show is the Ginger Beer Man. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Which which I realize how unspecial that is here. And what sense? Beards? Ginger beards? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Americans probably don't have as much ginger, of as much of the ginger gene as we mm. do. Yeah. We have that Celtic thing. Where did you play in Glasgow? Uh, the stand. The stand. How did amazing. I go? Good, good. I'm there tonight again. It's oh, yeah? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so are you coming through to Edinburgh next week? Yeah, I'm mm. doing uh, two shows. Awesome. Tatanka Buffalo. Well, this episode will go. <laughs> <laughs> this episode will go in a few months, so you won't be able to. So still come if you're listening to this. Yeah. If you can go back in time. Mm. What we usually do with these albums is we rate them. Either we like them, dislike them, love or hate, and then we say whether we'd recommend anybody listening to it or not. Mike, do you love this album? It is a terrible it. album. I mean, it is un undoubtedly terrible is it so terrible you love it mm. yeah i'm glad it exists yeah yeah you the know, world is a bear i agree with that it is so sincere in its insincerity <laughs> yeah it never shies away from being a product mm. um i don't yeah. know who the audience was so you think it's when like so insincere so commercial that actually has some artistic value yeah, like like that's kind of the appeal of Michael Bay movies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, when you go see the first Transformers, there's a scene when uh, Mountain Dew uh, vending machine becomes a robot <laughs> and is shooting Mountain Dew cans at people. You can't not love that. Like, that's <laughs> it is the most soulless, empty thing in the world. But there's a purity to that. Like, you had to go to, like, the bottoms of your soul and to, like, the depths and dredges of capitalism mm. to imagine a soda robot. We've, we've <laughs> got a scene where robots fire on something. How can we get product placement in this? Yeah. yeah. What can we put in? Guys, I've just heard back from Coke. They, they're offering Mountain Dew. Mm. They're offering Mountain Dew for this scene. Let's do it. Uh, Mountain Dew is a Pepsi product. It's okay. Let's just edit that heads then. <laughs> no, no, keep it in. We keep it in. Hey, Macho Man didn't take anything out. So yeah, I, I, I will say I can't say I love it because then that that I, but I, I'll say I like it. Like and you it. have That's recommended it to people before. You yeah. said uh, the Bret Hart. Track. Bret Hart. Yeah. Just I the think, Bret I think it's a standout. Yeah. There's a bit of a stand now. I would say I like this. It is hard to say love. Hmm. I, I really have enjoyed it though. I've only listened to it a couple of times. I'm going to listen to more and I would recommend it to people. It is pretty damn good. Yeah. I'd also pick up on the Like point. genuinely good? <laughs> genuinely yeah, good compared for. Compared to like Bob Dylan, for instance. 
it's like, not imagine, good music, but it's good to send to someone as a comedy album. I think. Hmm. Like imagine listening to this and not knowing who any of these guys are. The second the wrestlers start talking, you'd be like, this is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. But then you might get that track and be like, oh, this guy's trying to leave his wife. That's really tough. This has come from a real place. Oh, there's a lot of depth to this mm. track. Yeah. And these nasty boys, I feel bad for them. They've yeah. got such a bad record. They never even, like, like, everything in this album, like, the the gospel track, I mean, the, go- <laughs> the gospel, uh, you know, group or whatever, I mean, they're the least gospel mm. thing, uh, in the Bret Hart track, they sound like the shitty musicians that you like everything is of a, such an inferior quality yeah see that's what's fascinating is that you can listen to this and kind of figure out what this guy became you know what mm. i mean like mm. this is a guy who never had passion never had any type of like genuine love for music this album and one direction are the same they're both a soulless yeah. product Mm. that were put together i mean Mm. the idea that you just took five different guys you know and just put them together and it's like put them in one choreographed and you know um designed Mm. by like a scientist yeah simon co i think you're gonna say you take five guys manufacture them put them in the ring dress (laughs) them up and then you got the wwf that's time i i'll just mention that i also liked it i love it I would recommend. Let's end the episode. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know what? Like the general tone of this podcast, I think says everything about this album. Like hmm. we haven't really been impassioned about anything. We haven't no. really been angered. We're just like, this is the thing that happened. Yeah, mm. 1993. I was yeah. alive. Were you? Occasionally, yeah. we do a lot of like pop albums, like Justin Bieber or something, and we'll yeah. get mad at his yeah. choices and like, oh, he's deliberately doing this to. Yeah, uh, for this you're just like, like I can see why they did that. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. to make money. To make okay, money. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody involved in this doesn't care about this album, mm. and I doubt it made much money. I imagine mm. it was probably a failure. I wouldn't surprise me mm. if that was true. Awesome episode, guys. Thank you uh, very much for yeah, coming. Thank you. Yeah, cheers, Mike. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, my uh, album Sedimentium is uh, on sale, uh, and uh, you can find it on um, Amazon. And uh, my website is MikeLawrenceComedy.com. I'm I'm sure there's a way to to find it here. I'm sure there's a way to download it for free and make sure I don't see money from it. So, but you wouldn't recommend that. No, no. Simon Cowell produced it though. Like, literally, I was. I'm I'm Mike Mike my Mike Mike Lawrence. I've got. I've got my beard here. I've got my beard here. <laughs> I miss my dad. I miss my dad. <laughs> this is the politest podcast I've ever done. Why, thank you. <laughs> it's really nice.